your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 380 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. And to start a new week, let's start our preseason project here on the show. We've got our organizational value rankings. We did the same thing last year. So this year, we're counting down from 59. We have eight tiers. We'll explain how it's going to work, and what we are considering value. We also get into the fact that three young Sens have changed their number. Does this mean a better shot at playing NHL games? I'll ask Pilsy about that. But speaking of the minors, the Ottawa Senators bulked up the Belleville system and maybe lent an extra hand to the Atlanta Gladiators with a trio of signings. We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team, Every day. Today is Monday, August 24th. And Pilsy, how are you doing, buddy? It's a new week. It's time to get into our preseason value rankings. I'm doing good. It's a Monday. The weather's hot here. It's been a nice weekend. And Ross, we did a little uh, prep work yesterday, getting our organizational value rankings done. And that's a lot of fun because there's a lot of guys that you kind of forget about in this system. You're like, oh, yeah, this guy, like, where are we going to rank him? Where does he slot in into this organizational value ranking that we've created here? And if you guys are just new to the show, following along, thanks for following. But also last year we did this in the off season, So you can kind of get a sense of what we're trying to do here if you go back to last season's episode. And we've got a couple big risers and fallers in this year's because uh, last year's ranking was our first time doing it. So it was a new experience. And now we've got a little bit uh, better judgment under our belts here. So we've done things in tiers this year, which I think is the key to this, Ross, is kind of grouping players in sections where they kind of belong together makes things a little bit easier. Yeah, today we're going to do the entire unknown section, which is going to run from 59 all the way up to 51. These are guys who haven't played a game yet, either in Belleville or Ottawa, except for one, but we'll save that little tease for later on. And man, there's been a lot of turnover over the uh, the year here, going from Number six on our list last year was Evgeny Dadnov. The excitement hadn't worn off yet from getting that big free agent signing that seemed to be loved throughout the National Hockey League and all those circles. And then Rudy Balsers, pour one out for you, Pilsy. He was number 15 last year. He's gone. And when it comes to Derek Stepan and Alex Galchenyuk, these guys were added to the organization as we did the rankings. So these rankings are subject to... To change, a little disclaimer there, Pills. Yes, especially there are some big restricted free agents who their value will change dramatically based on the contracts they sign, especially guys like Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Like, man, they could go up or down based on what contract they sign, how long, what the term is, what the um, kind of clauses are, even though I don't suspect any clauses happening here. But 
yeah, it's going to be fun to go all the way to number one. And uh, we're at the bottom here. So we're looking at guys, like I said, you may have forgotten, but there's still some talent to be had here. And a lot of these guys are young guys that have a long road ahead of them. We'll get into all that. Three guys who are higher up on the rankings changed their number over the weekend. And it was a great find on Twitter at Kachuk underscore Norris. He put out that Shane Pinto, Jacob Bernard Docker, the two Nodak sends that signed at the end of the year, and Alex Formanton will forgive their NFL linebacker numbers and move to a more polished NHL number. I remember that I feel like it was a Brian Burke thing back in the day. You have to earn that low number. Even like Corey Perry started up in the 90s and he moved down and Getzlaff, all those guys in Anaheim. But in Ottawa, I guess they're going with the same playbook. I don't mind it. I thought 57 looked pretty good on Pinto. He's going to be the new Mike Fisher. And the more I think about it, the more I actually see some resemblance to their game. Maybe uh, Pinto's got to fill out a little bit more. We know that Fisher had that country boy strength to him. So we'll see if the Long Island native Shane Pinto can add that. But Shane Pinto will be number 12. Jacob Bernard Docker changing from 48 down to number 24, the same number he wore at North Dakota. And Alex Foreman 10. Foreman 10 is going to be number 10 in your programs now as well, giving up number 59. So a little housekeeping there, Pilsy. I don't know if you need any hot takes on it. Yeah, Ross, of course, you're going to update on all the numbers. And hey, it is nice, uh, these guys having clean numbers. And it kind of, it's opening the door for them, right? Like that's kind of what we're saying here is, hey, you guys aren't those guys who are just picking whatever jersey numbers are left on the rack before you go on the ice. <laughs> like you can have your choice. We think you're going to stick around here for a while and we value what you do. And this is kind of like a gesture, like, all right, now you're at the next level. Like I think Jacob Bernard Docker getting his uh, number from UND, that's got to be a nice feeling too. A little, a little uh, comfort there. Especially after the chirps he took from Mark Mathot on uh, Wally <laughs> yeah. we know Math had to wear 48 down in Columbus, start his career. Alex Formanton's not playing another game in Belleville, though, eh? No, no, there's no there's no chance. And, like, he's so versatile that, like, maybe even if the offense isn't there, he's so effective on the penalty kill that uh, DJ Smith is not going to let this guy go back down. Same question, Shane Pinto. Does he ever play a game for Belleville? That's a different story. They're at different levels in their development. Alex Formanton, obviously, having gone through the Belleville system already. So, I... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Shane Pinto play a little bit in Belleville, but at the same token, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play another game there as well. With the showing that he had with uh, in between Stutzla and Brown, that's a great second line in the NHL, especially after an offseason to bulk up a little, work on some things. Hopefully he's been working on the face-off dot uh, in the offseason with some experienced NHLers trying to get that um, those numbers back up to where he was more used to in college. But yeah, Shane... Like, would you be upset if he started the year in Belleville? Like, I guess that's where we need to start this conversation. Where should he start the season? Well, I think it'll be a great training camp battle, I think, between him and Logan Brown, right? Does that not seem like the two? And then mix in, where's Chris Tierney fit into all this uh, as well? We know the two guys who are locked down the middle are Josh Norris and uh, how am I blanking on, on the other name? I don't know right if now. Colin White's a lock Colin at the White, center yeah. position. We well, talked about him going to the wing, right? Well, if that's the case, though, I think it's pretty natural that Nick Paul slides over yeah. to take that spot. We know they, they were lefty-righty in the face-off circle, depending on what side that player would take the draw. And Nick Paul did fairly well. We know he's a big body, a guy who DJ Smith, I think, could transfer to, to the middle of the ice without any hesitation. But we know that there's lots to shake out here at the NHL level. And 
man, if Shane Pinto plays in Belleville, not the end of the world. It, it would be the the school of Josh Norris development. One full year in Belleville. Go down there, win rookie of the year. Why not, uh, Pinto? And then bring him up after that. But three guys who will play exclusively in Belleville or down in the ECHL with the Atlanta Gladiators were signed over the weekend to two-way AHL-ECHL deal. So the Ottawa Senators do not technically hold their rights, but they do add some level of, what, depth? Because you know you'll need that. And let's start, goalie-friendly show, in between the pipes. And Tyler Parks, uh, huge, mammoth, six-foot-six, tendy. And this guy was playing in Slovakia last year. Now that's off the map if you're looking to get back into the NHL. He's a 92 birth year. But the numbers jump off the page. I don't care what league you're playing in. Five shutouts in 24 games with a 940, 940 save percentage. So this will be good. He's a guy who I don't think plays more than five games in Belleville, but will add to that depth in Atlanta and be a good guy that, you know, Matt, uh, Kevin Mandelize can, can lean on when he needs guidance. Yeah, uh, actually, Ross, I'd be surprised if he gets any games in Belleville, just because Mando's that kind of next guy up, right? I think they would give Mandelise the opportunity to play in Belleville if there was some sort of injury, no? Right, but look, you're a call-up and one injury away from needing two extra goalies. So you go from a position of strength to to right away. I think last year, I'll look it up, but I want to say Hogberg, Decord, Mando, and Sogard and Gustafson. So they had five goalies playing the AHL last year. Forsberg played a game there, too. Six, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So you can never have too much depth between the pipes. Yeah, that's definitely fair. And so Parks, this guy, he's 29 years old, so definitely a more veteran guy to be in that position. But he is a career ECHL guy. Like, he's spent so many seasons down there. And fairly decent numbers. Like, he's always under three goals against average, right around 9.15 save percentage. So he's shown that he can be a solid goalie. And he even had some time uh, with the Tucson Roadrunners. Five AHL games, 920 save percentage. Like, he's definitely someone that you can trust to play a spot start if you need in the AHL, like we we're mentioning, if there's some injuries. So, a nice signing for uh, the Ottawa franchise here. He's only one of the three guys who was not drafted originally by the New Jersey Devils. Let's move from the back end out. So, they signed a defenseman, Xavier Bernard, out of the QMJHL. He's a guy who played five years down in the queue. But put up some decent numbers. He's a big, mobile, left-shot defenseman. Yeah, his his great numbers were kind of in his younger days. I think now maybe his role has changed as a defenseman. Because, in well, last year's Quebec League was a absolute gong show. They started, stopped, started. Like, it was just crazy. So, uh, you got to take that with a grain of salt when looking at these players. But 19 games in Valdor, only four points. And then before, he was in Sherbrooke. Only four points in seven games. So eight points in 26 games. That's not what you love to see, but he's going to be a depth guy for Belleville. So that's all right. The pains of living in Toronto. And we're doing this as a live show now. I just have sirens going absolutely everywhere. Pills, you want to take it away with the forward who the Sens added as well. All right. So the third and final guy that they added is Mitchell Holscher. And he's someone that he played a couple games for Belleville last season. Seven games. Only one assist, though. But I don't think he really had a big role. He was kind of a spot starter guy. One of those... Ottawa 67s that he was just hanging out in Belleville's backyard. So they're just like, all right, well, hey, if you're not playing, we need a guy. Come on down and play for Belleville. And he had some good years with the 67s, though. Like the last full season he played there, 2019-2020, 76 points in 62 games. So 
that's pretty solid. Obviously, he's an older guy in the OHL. You expect him to dominate, but 14 points over a point per game total, that's that's something that definitely catches your eye. So he got a chance to play in Belleville. He's going to get another chance. Only 21 years old. He's a center, 6 feet, 176 pounds. So he's a guy I could see playing a bottom six role. And I think Troy Mann had some nice words to say about him in his short time there. So he already has the coach's favor. So it's a good opportunity for him and a nice depth piece. Minus six and seven games with one assist, though, in his first taste of pro hockey. And I will put the caveat, and if you're an Ottawa hockey fan, you know how good those 67s were. Even though he had 76 and 62, that was sixth on his team in scoring. Wow, oh my God. Yeah, including a defenseman above him who had 82 points in 58 games, and Noel Hoffenmeyer, that was the team that had Marco Rossi and Jack Quinn, and they were just a a complete wagon. And Their goalie played a bit in Belleville last year too, Cedric Andre, but I don't think he will be back, unfortunately, this season. So those are kind of the the news and notes from what was another quiet weekend in Sensland as we await the big trio. Are we adding Gustafson into the big trio? Maybe not. But he does need a contract. Certainly Logan Brown isn't in the big trio. We'll have those two a tier below. But Batherson, Kachuk needing new contracts. And I'm not worried until the other RFAs sign. Because still Quinn Hughes, still Elias Patterson, Yes, Barry Kokaniemi, Rasmus Dahlin, Svechnikov's rumored to have a deal done, but nothing's official there. So there's just so many guys who are in that same boat that until the dominoes start falling and – Let's do a musical chairs analogy until there's only one chair left and then everyone's in a panic mode. Right now, it's just smooth sailing. Camp opens in just under four weeks. So what are you putting the panic button at, Bill? Is he like one week to camp? Like when are you going to be like, all right, are you really going to go without two-thirds of your top line on the first day of camp? Uh, Right now, I'm not worried at all. Like you said, all you got to do is look around the league. A lot of teams are in this situation. Everybody's kind of playing a game of chicken. Like, oh, we don't mind waiting. If you're going to hold out on uh, your part of the bargain and not budge, neither are we. So there's still some time for this uh, game of uh, contract negotiation chicken to be held. But I think once September comes around, which we're only a week away, my hand's going to be hovering over the panic button. Like, I'm not smashing it quite yet, but... If September comes and they're still not signed, which I anticipate is going to happen based on how things are going, I'm going to be a little bit worried. But yeah, the panic button starts if Brady and or Batherson aren't signed within, I don't know, let's say five days of training camp. Then I start to get real nerves here because then like guys are flying in and guys are getting settled and they're getting ready to start the season. And if you don't have a contract and you're not flying in to go to training camp, that's unsettling. Clearly the Sens are betting that they're negotiation tactics are paying off and we know that if you want your bets to pay off the bet online is the place for you the number one sports book of the locked on podcast network the one place we trust and the one place that has you covered for all your sports wagering now pilsy they're almost a long time sponsor it's been a while that we've had bet online on board so we know what they bring to the table and a part of that is a 50 percent welcome bonus how awesome is that to get you on your feet and started maybe add a little confidence maybe you're Trent man on the draft floor saying I've done this before but this time it's just a free welcome bonus that's automatically in your account so here's how you go about receiving that 50% welcome bonus you go to betonline.ag on either your mobile device or your internet desktop and what you do is at betonline.ag sign up 
for a free account. You can go there right now and sign up for a free account. And when you do, put in the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, and 50% poof just appears in your account. You put in $200, bingo, bango, bongo. That's 100 free play dollars right there for you. And if you put in 100, that's $50 that you can use to turn into big money, but you got to earn it. And therefore, it's free play, right? Of course it is, but you knew that already. But go to betonline.ag and get into the action because we don't want you sitting on the sidelines. And use promo code LOCKED ON. Promo code LOCKED ON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Pilsy, what do you say we get right to our organizational value rankings? And for anyone listening, if you play the video game NHL, that's similarly how we're going to do this. We're taking into account age. We're taking into account potential. We're taking into account contract status. Is, is there anything I'm missing, Pilsy? I guess your level of play right now is being taken into account as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think like we tried to do this as unbiased as possible, but you, you got to expect that there's going to be a hint of uh, bias in here. But not that it's going to bounce guys from tier to tier. Maybe just the ranking within a tier. You might uh, see a little bit of uh, the Locked On Center's bias sprinkled in there. Well, yeah, if you come on the show, you move up a spot. So anyone listening, if you want to bump your status up, give us a <laughs> ring, come on the show. Uh, programming note before we actually start. And Levi Marilyn, and he's down to come on the show. He just wants to get his English in order. And for a podcast, that's, that's a pretty good idea. So we're going to reach out to him right after Sen's training camp. Give him a couple weeks in North America. He will be on the show. But Pilsy, we're making up for that right away. We've got uh, a beauty coming on the show who tore it up in Belleville last year. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for our new guest. It's, it's too bad uh, the Levi thing didn't work out. But it makes a lot of sense. And until his English gets better or my finish gets better, we're kind of <laughs> at that standstill there. <laughs> All right, while we wait for that, let's get to our organizational value rankings. And coming in at number 59, this one's tough to put right at the bottom. because Yeah, I feel bad about this one, Ross. I do too, but he is what he is. There's no like more potential to him. It's Scott Sabrin at 59, Pilsy. Yeah, and I think the reason he's here is because, yeah, like you said, the, he has a role and everyone's aware of what his role is and there's not much expectation beyond that. So that's really the main reason he's here. But let's let's not cut him short. There's a lot of value that he adds to this organization. First off, he's from Orleans. So, okay, yeah. Like, just wait. What I'm getting to is he's from Orleans, so a hometown guy, a lot of value for the guy at the bottom of our organizational value rankings. But he also, there's some, you know, he had some nice stories, like scoring in the season opener against the Leafs, the whole Austin Matthews, uh, who is this guy, and then he scores a goal. That's a nice story. And one of the all-time quotes, he's here to protect the investments. That's yeah. He's at, he's at the bottom because he's helping everyone above him. That's why he's here. And, hey, he's he's got some decent uh, history with some fights. Like, I was looking at his HockeyFights.com. Recently, he fought Milan Lucic and Ryan Reeves. Like, he's had some good tilts when he has been in the NHL. So, a lot of respect for him. Last season, he didn't really play too much. He was with the Toronto organization with the Marlies. He had two goals in six games. He played one game with the Leafs. But... He had a lot more games with the Sens in 2019-2020 than I thought, Ross. 35 games he played up there, and he I had know. six points. Yeah, I know. 
Hey, so he only had three fights with the Sens. So I thought that was a little low for 34 games for a guy who that's what you brought him in yeah. to do. He took care of Max Domi, though. I remember sh- him. he shut him up pretty good in the game they played against each other. His other fight, Pills, you mentioned Ryan Reeves, and that one did not go his way. But how many guys can say that they, they did beat Ryan Reeves? Not many. His other fight was against Ben Harper, who was playing for the Leafs at the time. So some irony there for two guys who have worn both jerseys in that situation. But Pillsy, he's a guy who I think will not be playing 34 games this year in Ottawa. I think he's Belleville bound and a guy who can add a little bit of AHL depth. But for us at a league minimum contract on a one-year deal, this guy's 59th on our list. And I think we can move right up to 58 just, right now. Just one quick thing though. All right. I would rather have a guy like Scott Sabrin than a Michael Haley, right? You know, yes. if, if, that's, yes. if that's the kind of player you're looking for, I'll take Scott Sabrin all day. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Now, he's the only guy who's played any pro games in North America on this list. Coming in at number 58, and simply, I mentioned, this tier we may as well call the unknowns. Chandler Romeo has only played the highest competition is Junior A. Now, you probably have friends that have played Junior A growing up, and it just it's not his fault. He would have played with the Hamilton Bulldogs in the OHL last year. COVID wiped out that season, but... I don't even know what to expect from him. I have absolutely no idea, but he's this low because he's a seventh round pick and he's never played against high competition. Yeah, exactly. And the thing with Chandler Romeo, the only thing you need to know, Ross, there's two stats you need to know. 18 years old, six foot five, 205 pounds. So like the sense they didn't uh, shy away from what they were doing here. They saw a six foot five guy who's 18 years old that no one else was uh, willing to take a chance on because he hadn't played anything higher than junior a and they're like hell yeah that's our guy yeah and when i say play junior a he played 10 games of junior a he actually spent most of last year playing junior b 44 games of junior b hockey but that being said we're excited big body and a guy who we can follow in the ohl now as uh, there's another guy from this draft coming up who's going to play some ohl games next year but chandler romeo you mentioned it there's really not much to discuss with him because of that unknown factor and I think until then, we just have to wait and see on the left shot defenseman. And as we move to 59, this guy's jumped up two spots from last year's rankings, although we need to put the caveat in that there were 64 players on last year's rankings, and there's only 59 on this year. But moving up two spots, coming in at number 57 from Malmo, Sweden, Eric Engstrand just didn't really do a whole lot in his uh, post-draft season. Yeah, he really didn't. And uh, there's a theme here with a lot of these guys and it's size. Eric Engstrand fits that very well. 21 years old. He can play the left wing or the right wing, but six foot four, 207 pounds. He was a fifth round draft pick in 2020. And it's crazy the fall from grace he had. Well, I shouldn't say fall from grace, but the adjustment, the transition to uh, upper competition because he had a massive season in the J20 league in his draft year, 58 points. In 37 games, Ross, that made uh, a great case for him to be drafted where he was. But then in the SHL with Malmo last year, one goal, four assists in 45 games. Now, it comes with the caveat, yes, all these young guys, when they go play in the SHL, he was on a fourth line the entire time. So hard to get much going there. But I really did think that uh, he would pop off a little more than that. What's... um, do you have any knowledge of why he didn't go to the Allsvenskan League? Did, does Malmo just not have a team there, or what's the situation there? 
Yeah, they, they don't have a team. So the Allston skin is like the AHL. Kind of, no, that's a bad comparison. In Europe, it's a bit different. They So the winner of the Allston skin, which we're going to get to two guys actually today who played yeah, on the winning the team, they bump up. Yeah. And then let's say whoever finishes last is relegated down. So that unless he was going to get moved to a different organization, then that wasn't an option for him. Yeah, damn. It's just too bad. He's 21 years old, so he's already drafted as a double overager. So you got to think, like, is this a guy who's ever even going to come over? Is it a wasted draft pick? I'm not ready to say wasted, but it certainly doesn't look like there's a, a real future in the organization for a guy like that. Yeah, he, he needs to have a bounce back year to stay relevant here, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah like you think about Marcus Nurmi put up way better numbers in, in Finland that year and he never got a shot in North America. So you look at, at Angstrand and yeah, prove us wrong. The 155th pick from the uh, 2020 NHL draft. But as it stands right now, just not a whole lot of value, I think, in the organization or outside of it. And that's why he comes in at number 57. Coming in at number 56, this guy is going down three spots from where he was last year. But there is a bit of interest in Yakov Novak. And not only because he's put up pretty solid offensive numbers the last three years at Bentley University, but he's also getting a change of scenery, Pilsy. He'll be going to Northeastern, which not only means we get to see him in the Bean Pot, one of the fun tournaments where Harvard, BU, BC, hey, we'll have Boucher there too. So that'll be a fun uh, event. It's two Mondays, I think, in February. But the four schools in Boston get together. The winning or the championship game is at TD Garden and big NHL crowd, that sort of thing. But he'll be playing all year against better competition now in the Big East. So he's a prospect who, although he fell three spots on this rankings, I've got him circled as a guy who, if he has a good year, might earn himself a pro contract. Yeah, and actually looking at him, I feel like he could have been bumped up a couple spots, but that's that's kind of minor because you got to remember too, he was nominated for the Hobie Baker last season. I mean, obviously a long shot to get it, but yeah, still. There, there was like 20 nominees though at that stage. Definitely, definitely. But hey, that's uh, that's a good tip to his cap, and he's he, there's definitely some potential here. 22 years old, six, six foot three, 209 pounds, like good size to him. And yeah, you mentioned his scoring at Bentley, 62 points in 87 games this is a pretty consistent clip at the college level. Um, in last season, he had 17 points in 15 games. He's a power forward that I like his scoring touch around the net. Like he's able to bang in rebounds. He's able to drive around goalies. There were some clips that uh, at Sense Prospect posted of him that were some nice goals. So I think transferring to Northeastern University was a great move for him in kind of his final collegiate year here. He's going to get to play better competition, like you said, and be put into a position to succeed here. So I'm excited to see what we can get from this kid. Yeah, so am I. And the only reason why a guy like Luke Lohite is a little bit higher, even though the offensive numbers weren't there, is that Luke Lohite was playing in the NCHC, playing against Nodak, playing against Denver, all these really solid uh, organizations. Whereas you look at Yakov Novak, he's going up against Air Force and Holy Cross and, you know, just schools you haven't really heard of, especially when it comes to hockey. So I think that, that there is some potential here for Yakov Novak. And I think that this transfer is going to be very, very good for him. However, you mentioned he's already 22 years old. So like how much rope is there left in the development path for him? We're about to find out. And it'll be fun because Yakov Novak will be at Northeastern coming up this season coming up on our rankings we're just going to buzz through these these unknowns right as we continue before we get to the next uh grouping we've still got five left here on today's docket let's tell you about our friends at built bar 
Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, and they come in so many amazing flavors, you'll never get tired of same old, same old. It's uh, 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, and guess guess what? But you already know this, too. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're all 100% covered in chocolate, and they come with the nutritional grand slam that is low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein and high-in-fiber. I'm going to send it over to Pilsy for a quick pick of the day. Yeah, so many delicious flavors to pick from when you're at BuiltBar.com. So I think I've gone with a lot of the fruit flavors lately. It's just summer. I feel like that was appropriate, but let's switch it over. We're going to go to a classic, and this is one of the greatest flavors of all time. It's one of my favorite flavors. I think uh, on the championship bracket when they did a March Madness bracket with their flavors, this one actually might have been in the final four. It's cookies and cream. The best ice cream flavor in my mind. I love cookies and cream ice cream, cookies and cream chocolate bars. Why not get a protein bar that is also cookies and cream? Only 130 calories, but you get 17 grams of protein and a whole lot of delicious flavor. That's my pick of the day, Ross, cookies and cream. So head over to BuiltBar.com and see all the amazing flavors that are available to you and make sure you use our promo code when you do. The promo code is LOCKED15, so it's BuiltBar. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, Pilsy, back to the organizational value rankings we go. And coming in next at number, I got to pull this back up here. I went to the ads quickly. Coming in at number 55, Philip Doust out of the Quebec Major Junior League. Philip Daoust, yeah, this is a guy, he's very intriguing. 21 years old, center slash left wing. I'm not sure what he played more of last year. Six foot one, only 161 pounds. So there, the size trend has now fallen off of Philip Daoust. He's playing in Moncton. He was uh, drafted in 2020, sixth round, 158th overall. And this guy is one hell of a playmaker, Ross. Like last year, 28 points in 21 games with 22 assists. And then the previous season, he had 29 points in 58 games. Again, 28 assists. So he's really able to set up his teammates with ease. He's someone that I can see he's going to have another successful season in the queue. I think this will be his third season there. So definitely with the full season, a little bit more normal season, let's hope, that he can get into a groove and continue to rack up these assists because Philip Deuce, that guy can dish the puck. I kind of raised an eyebrow when you said he was drafted. I thought you were going to go back, and he was actually never drafted to major junior hockey. He's a Ontario kid from Barrie who couldn't get on with the Barrie Colts or any OHL team for that matter. So he took his talents to Moncton. They gave him an opportunity to walk on, and what has he done there in those two seasons? And what I like, too, is if you add up the two seasons, he's almost at exactly what would be a full NHL season. He's played 79 games over the two years, and he's got 57 points. He's a plus 14. And something I like, he wore an A this year. So he's been counted on as a leadership role. Probably someone who the coaches want to make an example of, of, look, you can be a high draft pick, but work like this Daus kid, and you might be able to get a spot in our leadership team or power play, PK, whatever the case may be. And this guy is showing his work ethic. So that's why we we kept him a little bit higher on this list than maybe although he's exactly even as he was last year we had him 55 as well there's a few of those and when I look back because we didn't have a template for this at all we just went one by one so for him to be exactly where he was last year is kind of funny 
But that being said, I think he's a guy who, let's see what he's got in a full season. The queue only, they stopped and started so many times. It was like downtown traffic trying to get that league going. But hey, he's got some talent. And I think that he is more likely than Eric Engstrand, although drafted after him, to earn a pro contract coming out of. And you know what we have to keep in mind too, is that Trent Mann is based in New Brunswick. Moncton is in New Brunswick. I have a feeling this is a guy who he really likes and in Trent we trust. Yeah, and I could see him playing a role in Belleville uh, in the upcoming seasons. Like This is a guy who I think could be a good third-line player in Belleville. So I'm excited about Philip Daoust, and he, he definitely has some potential here. Moving up to number 54 on our rankings, a name we just said, Luke Lohight, out of the Minnesota of Duluth program. Those Bulldogs, they just rack up wins. They're a solid team. Well, I watched them more this year than I ever had, obviously, with the delay in the start, the NCHC pod playing an NHL-style schedule. And Luke Lohite, despite being a fourth-line guy who moved up to the third line, and I noticed something this year, too. He played a lot of center. And that just shows me that he's more defensively responsible as he gets older. And that's a really good sign. Scott Sandlin, the head coach there in Minnesota Duluth, is a very respected coach among all college ranks so for him to be trusted in a defensive role and he killed penalties for them he's a great skater I just don't know if the offense is going to pop enough to get himself to that next level yeah but the thing with uh, like this is a problem with some prospects like this like yes he's had a great program which is a benefit but he's anchored on that fourth line like he, he doesn't get the minutes he doesn't get the time like for him to be putting up some points at a fourth line role at a college level is actually pretty impressive and um he's he's someone that you know he was he was drafted 2018 the seventh round he's 21 years old six foot one 194 pounds he only had five points in 28 games but like I mentioned he's stuck on the fourth line but he has a lot of pedigree Ross he's coming from Minnesota and he was the captain of Minnetonka high school team and he led them to a state championship when he was there and if you know anything about Minnesota high school hockey that is a big deal. So th- that's that's a nice feather to have in his cap for sure moving forward here. I hope he gets a little bit more time in Minnesota Duluth, maybe play a little bit more of a third-line role now that he's put some time in and shown that he's willing to work and uh, stay at that fourth-line role and try to contribute. So he's someone that I'm excited to see, but it's tough. You like the development at uh, Minnesota Duluth, but you don't love seeing him down on ice time. Like if he was in a situation like uh, – Yakov Novak, where he's at Bentley, a little bit lesser known school. He's probably getting top six minutes for sure oh, and yeah. putting up much similar points to Novak. So that's that's where you got to decide where the value is there. But definitely, I, I think this kid has some talent. And in the games we did get to watch him, Ross, I, I thought he looked good in his, his few shifts that he had. Yeah, no doubt. 194th overall, though. So like, what can expectations really be? That's where he was taken by Ottawa in 2018. What I do want to mention as well, for all the talk we had, and we had Leah Hextall on the show after that five-overtime game, well, he was on the winning side of that. Although, there's no chance he played the 55 minutes that JVD and Jake Sanderson played. He might not have played that all season, Ross, let alone in one game. No doubt. But hey, it is an experience to be on the bench and see the rigors of going through the longest game in college hockey history. So that's Luke Lowheight. He's coming in at number 54, which is down two spots from where he was last year as we move to number 53 another unknown Carson Latimer from the Edmonton Oil Kings this guy is speed 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 but can he add other elements to his game that will make him a legit prospect 
Yeah, well, Ross, Carson Latimer may be unknown to us, but the Senators certainly knew about him. They traded up to get him. They traded picks 136 and 170 to move up to 123, and they got him. And I, I like this player. He's exciting, and he is a little bit different than all the big size players that the Sens took in this draft. And he played in the PIJHL, the Pacific Junior Hockey League, and he actually led that team in scoring only eight games, but he had 12 points there. Then he did get to play in the dub, 22 games, he had 16 points, so not too bad. And hey, talk about starting your career off with a bang. His first ever WHL shift, he scored a goal. So <laughs> you love to see that from the kid. And I think Carson Latimer is going to have some potential. He's got good puck retrieval, good off-puck awareness. He can help out defensively while also being able to score. So I think this season we're going to get to see more of what he can do in a full WHL season. And I like that pick by the Sens. So do I. And 16 points in 22 games, a great place to start. And let's see what he can do in a full season coming up. Okay, now we move up again on our rankings. The next two, the final two on today's show, both teammates with Timra. Then in the Allsvenskan, but now moving up to the Liga. Coming in at number 52, Oliver Johansson. Same draft as Carson Latimer, but you can say Johansson is the one player from this draft who didn't fit the bill of being a, a big, burly, tough player. This guy is just skill. And he seems like a late bloomer in a sense. So could they have found another gem here? I, let's hope so. And yeah, you talk about the size, very similar size to Carson Latimer. Six feet, 183 pounds, basically the exact same. So these guys... But if, went you, if you see him on the ice sometimes, he looks a little smaller than that. I think they might have put him on stilts for that height. Yeah, or maybe uh, put something in his skates, uh, a couple <laughs> yeah. lifts there, uh, some weights. But yeah, he's someone that... And a lot of uh, young guys who are starting off in Sweden, they bounce around different leagues. So he was in the J18, J20, and the Allsvenskan League last season. Let's just look at his Allsvenskan League stats. Five games, three goals. That's pretty solid. So he, like we mentioned, he's part of Teamra. So he's going to be moving up into the SHL next season, which is exciting. He played on a top line and played on the power play in his Allsvenskan time. He's got a good skating, good motor, and is a hard worker. That's what Dauber Prospects had to say about him. So I, I think there's so much potential for this guy because, Ross, remember, when he was drafted July 23rd, he was still a 17-year-old. His 18th birthday was three days after. So there's a long road ahead for this guy. And he played 15 games last year. As you mentioned, split over three leagues. Like, how can you really get comfortable in where you're playing? So coming in with Tima, right now he's listed as both playing on the J20 team and with Teamer in the SHL, I think I prefer him playing with the Junior League. Let him physically mature a little bit more. Don't rush him into a role he's not ready for. But, hey, he showed in the Allsvenskan. He had three goals in five games. Although then in qualification, he only had uh, seven games, no goals, no points. So that being said, I don't know what's next for Oliver Johansson. But what I do know is the next guy on this list who's moved up three spots Victor Lodine. Now, to start last year, there was a bit of an off-ice issue, uh, maybe some uh, some drug habits that have then been kicked. And since then, Pilsy, this guy's put his love of the game first and foremost at everything he's done. Everything else seems coming up clean, and the points are just racking up. And he was a big part of the top line that earned them this promotion to the SHL. Definitely. Yeah. Big time stick taps to Victor Lodine. Seems like he's really turned things around and focused on uh, the game of hockey, which is awesome. And yeah, with Timra in the Allsvenskan League, 
47 games, he had 40 points. So almost a point per game guy. And then the qualification, like you mentioned. So that's like crunch time. You're trying to get your team bounced up to the SHL. He had nine points in 13 games. So he was a big part of that for sure. He's been in the Sen system for a little while now. 2019 draft pick, fourth round, 94th overall, 22 years old, six foot two, 185 pounds. So some good size. I think there's a lot of potential to be had for um, for him here because, like you said, there was a bit of a kind of lull in his development with some off-ice issues. But now that everything looks good, he's on a great path. And I could see him playing a decent role on this SHL squad. It earned him a contract. He yep. signed his entry-level contract with the Ottawa Senators. They would have lost his rights had he not signed. So even though he signed, he will be on loan over in Sweden this upcoming season. So, hey, it's uh, another step in the development for Victor Lodin. He's a bigger body than I think most people give him credit for. And I think that he, he could be a great third-line center next year in Belleville. I think would be – you don't think he's going to stay another year in Sweden after this, do you? No, there'd be no reason to, right? Unless unless some of these Swedish guys, they're just like, well, hey, I'm making a decent living here. I'm in my home country. I'm comfortable. Like some of them, they just get – satisfied with that but I don't think the Ottawa Senators will be satisfied with that so they're going to want to bring him over see how he does in Belleville and yeah I think he can play a good role in Belleville and I think he's a guy that can add a scoring touch to that bottom six we initially thought that he was coming over this year but the Sens want winners in the organization and if you've helped your team move up to the next level don't you want to kind of let them bear the fruits of that labor and see what they can do against the highest competition in their own country. So Victor Lodin and hopefully Oliver Johansson will get that opportunity on the same unit next year in Timra. So that's 51 through 59. Let us know what you think. Leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter at Send Central. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you download your Locked On Senators podcast. And we really do appreciate the growth of the YouTube channel has been phenomenal so far. Um, Pilsy, we got to end with a little sad news from around the hockey world. You mentioned Carson Latimer, uh, Edmonton Oil King. Well, there's some uh, some tragedy out uh, out west, and even more so, Carson Latimer went to Delta Hockey Academy, the same hockey academy that three teammates, 17 years old, Pilsy, uh, were in a car crash over the weekend, and uh, unfortunately, they all tragically passed away. So we just want to wish our, our deepest condolences. To the, to the families of, of Caleb Reimer, Ronin Sharma, and Parker Magnuson. Uh, three three young players taken far too soon from the hockey world. Yeah, definitely a tragic story. And thinking of their teammates too, man, that's tough to, you know, you're, you're a family usually when you're on a hockey team like that. So for teammates to lose some of their best buddies this early in life, that's tough. And just you, you got to stay safe out there at all times. Now, I'm not sure what uh, the accident, uh, the cause of the accident or anything like that, but it's it's a serious situation and it's really unfortunate that that happened to these three young men and uh yeah we're thinking of their teammates family and friends yeah carson latimer had actually played in the delta hockey academy with caleb reimer and then again they reunited this season and and talk about you know having such a bright future this guy was a first round pick in the whl just last year i mean that just shows how fragile life can be and again we're just sending all the condolences uh of this unfortunate un unimaginable tragedy and thinking about what their family and friends are going through right now. So we'll be back on Wednesday. We'll get back to our organizational value rankings and hopefully have some senators signings to discuss. But for today, we say goodbye for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. Have a great day. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been the locked on senators podcast.
your team every day.